welcome, 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 ladies and gentlemen. Let's get started. Straight from New York. Yo, yo, this handsome ass. You are uh, now tuned in to Al Joe the Funk Master. Watch your grill, yoga, knock out cold faster. Talking shit, now we talking facts. Where the mountain off the back, you in trouble, came to burst your bubble. I don't shelter punches, they find home on your mind about a double. This the weekly scraps. You don't need a map, GPS, I'm right here to lead a dash. The world doesn't know it needs, but I grow disease. Planet, fuck a name and the fame. Only legacy remains. Remember the name, Al Jermaine Sterling. It ain't shit, it ain't shit. Motherfucker. What's up, guys? Welcome back to the weekly scraps, episode 134, UFC 264. Great card from top to bottom. A lot of fun fights, um, good finishes, and I think some controversy. You always need some controversy to make things a little bit more interesting, so to speak. Um, obviously, the main event. Um, I'm just going to get right into it. So, I had some good training, obviously, you know, I think I talked about this a little bit, touched upon that, uh, working at the PI and everything, all that good stuff, so I finally got to go through my first workout session, and I tell you what, I was exhausted, I did the whole workout session at Syndicate MMA, and that was uh, Friday morning at 11.30, for some reason I thought like my cardio would have been a little bit better, uh, it wasn't. I mean, in the beginning, I started off strong, super fast, and like on point, clean, crisp, making sure everything was nice, neat, technical with all the drilling. And then halfway, maybe like three quarters of the way through, probably the last four rounds, I was like dead. But before that, a little bit before that, I started to feel like my battery draining. I was like, yeah, I don't, not feeling good right now. It's not a good feeling right now, feeling fatigued and just feeling like your lungs aren't keeping up. Uh, it's not like it was burning or anything. It's one of those weird things where I'm just like, yeah, I'm just hungry and tired. Like I did way too much. I, I had my first share of the session, which was great, on point, sharp, and now I'm tired. So we did that, banged that out, and um, after that we got ready to get, obviously for the next day for the fights, I had to do one Q&A, so I got to get in a little drill session, and even that day, I felt like fatigue. I was drilling, wrestling, and I just couldn't really shake what I was feeling. I was like, I, I don't really know what's going on with my body lately. I don't know if it was the heat plus the flight and kind of just trying to do too much too soon, so I'm hoping that's what it is. I got a workout today. I'm going to try to do two, one at Syndicate at 1130, and then 3.30 p.m. over at Extreme Couture. I don't know if that's a great idea. But uh, we're going to test the theory and see how tough the mental is today and um, see if I can get through two tough workouts at two different gyms. Not going to be fun, not going to be easy by any means, but I'm going to try to get it done today. Um, all right, so we'll get into this uh, UFC 264. Let's start with the main event. And, you know, I got to give myself a little pat on the shoulder. Boop, 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 boop. Uh, three for three, my picks, Dustin Poirier called it, and my parlay pick for DraftKings with Max Griffin and Ty Tuovasa. I won't say I told you so, but I told you so. Um, it's weird, though, because sometimes I want to pick fights and for, like, these parlay bets, but sometimes I know these other people. Like, for instance, I, like, I'm good friends with Jessica I. I'm not going to say good friends, but we're, we're, we're friends. We're cool, cordial, we've hung out. Uh, we've trained together, um, but I knew that was a tough fight, and I'm never going to come out publicly and go, hey, man, like, yo, bet the other girl this one is going to win for sure. Like, that would just be a complete, complete, 
bimbo slash prick move to do. You know, I would never do something like that. Um, I'm always going to talk about the, the things that they need to do to win, but I'm always going to keep it real and say, like, it's a tough fight, man. Even for me, if someone tells me that I know, like, yeah, I'll just guys hands full. Like, you're not lying. I got my hands full. If I was that insecure and delusional that to think I'm just going to go out there and just stomp everybody, that's, um, you're in the wrong sport. This is not the sport where that happens. Anything can happen. Anybody can win and anybody can lose. So uh, things like that. But like I said, three for three, happy about that. And of course, um, that was just an example. I'm not saying that that's what I was thinking. I'm not saying that. But... <laughs> But yeah, um, so the first fight, Dustin Poirier, Conor McGregor, the controversy starts off as a slugfest as long as it lasted on the feet until Poirier was starting to land some good combinations where he stunned Conor. Conor started to initiate a little bit of a clinch. It looked like he was trying to slow him down because uh, he ate some clean shots, a barrage of punches from Poirier, which stunned him, had him cracked and going backwards. And I think Conor might have gotten a little too emotional trying to uh, prove that he's the better mixed martial artist. And I will say maybe technically, skill for skill, like if each one of them did a technique, Conor might be higher up on the totem pole. But that's not what we measure in a fight. We measure in a fight with everything. Everything goes, you know? So that's all good and dandy. But at the end of the day, who puts it together better? Who's tougher? Who's going to have the better cardio conditioning? Because that all matters when it comes to the encompassing martial arts and the fight itself. And um, once he heard him, he took him down when he initiated that clinch. And from there, it was just a lot of uh, ground and pound. I will say Conor did some good things when he got to the ground, landing some beautiful elbows coming across the face, which can slice you open in that position if you're not careful, protecting yourself by controlling the bicep of your opponent. So when you take your opponent down, you want to make sure you're controlling the inside of the bicep. If not, they have a lot of range of mobility to move their arms, sit up, throw big strikes with the elbows or smashing fists. I mean, but it's from your back. So it's not like the guy from top who's smashing down with the impact of gravity accelerating that force a little bit more. So you still have to be smart and cognizant when you're on the top position. You can't just think, I'm just going to sit here and rest. You got, if you're going to rest, or if you're going to try to set up a shop, you got to make sure that you're doing it the right way and still protecting yourself at all times. Because it only takes one elbow to cut you open in the right spot, bridging the nose, top of the eyebrow, under the eye, whichever it is. Or even right into the orbital bone where you take a, a pointy elbow to that. doesn't quite feel too good. You know, so kind of landed some great elbows from his back. But Dustin answered back and landed some elbows of his own, some big punches himself. And, uh, of course, the, the big discrepancy here is whether or not Dustin checking one of the kicks of Conor McGregor was the reason that his foot snapped, his ankle snapped in that positioning in his, in his uh, leg. Um, I really don't know. It's hard for me to really say yes. It's hard for me to say no. I know Coach Kavanaugh came out, and this is what I don't understand. People call it excuses, but there is something for everyone some stuff happened to Poirier in his training camp. I'm almost 100% sure of it. Some stuff happened to Wonderboy and Gilbert Burns in their fight. I'm almost 100% sure of it. That's just the name of the game. So if they're coming out and they're saying, asking, if the media is asking, do you think anything might have contributed to that shin break? A couple of things. So maybe something happened in training, which is what he said. 
or maybe it was the checking of the leg kick, or maybe it was a combination of everything. And that's why we fight. Who was better that day and that night? That's all that matters. At the end of the day, it's not an excuse. It's a legitimate reason why you could lose a fight. I've never heard anyone take a loss and go like, there's nothing I could have done better. That guy was just better than me, and uh, I had the perfect training camp. I didn't get hurt. Um, I miscalculated this. I trained more for this. I didn't expect this. Yes, because that's why you're better that day, that time, that night. Any place, anywhere, anytime. Just like that. It doesn't mean those things didn't affect the outcome. Like, you bring the best version of yourself of what you thought you were preparing for. He's going to bring the best version of himself, him or her, what they thought they were preparing, preparing for. And at the end of the day, you clash. And at the end of the fight, the contest, you have a conclusion based on what you think happened well, what you think could have been done better, what you could have done to prepare yourself more, what you focused on more, and that is a legitimate, it's not an, I hate calling it an excuse, it's not an excuse, it's what, it's just, what could have been better for the fight, that's it. I don't know why people were like, I was reading the comments, I'm like, I don't get why they're giving Coach Kavanaugh a hard time. He's not making any excuses. Dustin won the fight. He was winning the fight for as long as it lasted, but still controversial because of the leg break, but doesn't mean Connor wasn't getting his ass kicked the whole time. Um, and I can't say the whole time because he did land some stuff and Dustin admitted it. But for the most part, Dustin was the guy driving the ship, driving the boat. Let me drive the boat. Let me drive the boat. Um, I, I just get I just get annoyed with that because it's like sometimes I, I just feel like it's just more of a childish behavior kind of thing. But it's interesting when you click the, the profiles and you see like these are grown men who are like, like the, the logical skills and it just shows you the, the, where the understanding of the sport still is. Like, yeah, the, the competition is getting better. The, the coaches are getting better. But in terms of like the average person who's just watching, they're still in the uh, stone ages of understanding what's going on. And this is not for just this sport. It's all sports, you know. The reason why they lost is maybe their defense wasn't... I'm like, dude, but... This is why we have a competition. This is why we're allowed to have a discussion because if I had done this, maybe this could have been different. If I had done more cage defense, maybe my takedown defense would have been better. If I had worked on my speed, maybe I could have thrown my punches faster against an opponent who's a lot faster than I am. It's, it's just a competition. If Maybe if I switched the defender on Michael Jordan back then, maybe we could have cut 10 of his points instead of him having those 10 extra points, which changed the game. It's just, it's just one of those things, man. So I enjoy it because it's what makes it interesting. But it was when people start saying, ah, it's an excuse. It's not excuses. It's the conversation. Do you think it had any weight on what could have happened? Or do you think, nah, there's no way he was just done? That's completely fair to say. But to, to rule it out and say it's just an excuse, it's not an excuse. Otherwise, we're not having a conversation. It's not a conversation anymore. You're just, uh, you're just making excuses. Okay, you're right. You are correct. I'm sorry. I'm sorry for um, in interjecting and giving an, an opinion and a take from the side that's actually in it. And uh, you think from your perspective that there's no way that could be possibly true. I, I'm sorry. My bad. But um, great fight for Dustin. For me, a win is a win. I know people are going to... 
I've seen people saying, of course, Sterling would say something like that. Yeah, I would, because a win is a win. Disqualification, the guy breaks his leg. A win is a win. You stepped in there on that day, that night. That's what happened. The other guy won. It's as simple as that. It's black and white. I, I don't know why this has to be, like, super controversial. Yes, I, mean, I understand why. Let me not say that. I understand why it could be controversial. But by the rule set, a win is a win. Like Dom Toretto said, I think, uh, it don't matter if you went by an inch or a mile. A win is a win, bro. So send over that money. Cash at me. Um, other than that, I, I don't know what happens from here for McGregor. I do think, obviously, he, he had the surgery. Dana was saying yesterday uh, they were taking him to the hospital. He's going to get the surgery the very next day. Where does he go from here? There's some fun fights. Maybe the Nate Diaz fight um, and that trilogy. He needs to get back in the gym if he really wants to do this and compete at the highest level. Maybe they give him a step down lower in competition for him to get his confidence and his mojo back to get people back on the McGregor train. These are just options. Obviously, a McGregor fight is a, is a big fight, and everybody's going to want him to fight some of the best guys in the world because that's just the name he's built for himself. And I don't think the UFC is going to be in the business of paying him $20 million, which we saw that he made flat for um, fighting a guy without a big name. You know so what I mean? It's, uh, he's definitely going to lose some of that spark. But I think in terms of his skill set, he's still very, very talented. And I appreciate everything he's done in this sport for all of us as a whole. So I'm just hoping he could get back. Kind of like the Weidman thing, you know, broke his leg. Um, hope they can all, all heal up. No one, I don't ever wish any type of injury like that. And I would never even say that about Pideon. That's just not even, uh, that's not the person I am. I could just never be that type of a shitty person with that type of evil, uh, twisted thoughts. For someone, you know, so hopefully they all heal up very, very well as best as they can and they can get back to competition. And obviously, like I said, for McGregor to get back because he's a lot younger than McGregor right now, uh, than Wyman right now. So for him to get back, it would be huge for um, for him to see if he can write the ship and, and rewrite the story of things to come. Obviously, Dustin has to fight for the belt. 100%. He got his, he got his big payday. He got the million dollar. Um, hopefully, he actually got pay-per-view points, too. I heard he was supposed to get it for this fight. I really hope to God he did because uh, that should have been a great opportunity for him to cash out and really set himself up and his family for the rest of their lives. You know, So, um, obviously, McGregor said $20 million. I could I could make $20 million last me a lifetime and my family a lifetime. You know, Just doing the right things, making the right investments. You'll be good. Uh, so... McGregor's going to be good. He's a very smart individual. Uh, I just want to see him get back to being completely embodied in the sport and doing all the things, even the, to the touch butt stuff, like he was doing with Ido Portal and you know, the flexibility thing, which is cool. I'm not saying anything wrong with it. It's just hilarious, but that's when he was like deeply invested in the sport. I, I want to see that motivated Conor McGregor get back to it and get back to his old ways and see if he still has the goods to compete at that weight class at 155, remember, he did all his best work at 145. And we have to be somewhat honest about that and really try to remember, like, that's when he was the man at featherweight, not necessarily lightweight. Um, that was a long segment on a fight that was only five minutes. But um, Obviously, now we're going to go to the co-main event, Gilbert Burns versus uh, Stephen Wonderboy Thompson. This was a good fight. Not the most exciting fight on the card in terms of the way it played out, but Gilbert Burns did what he had to do to win. 
he actually did a lot better than I thought he would in terms of neutralizing Wonder Boy on the feet. Wonder Boy had us on our toes jumping up and down when he landed those couple, I think, two or three wheel kicks that uh, looked like it might have really hurt Gilbert Burns. And that's a scary strike to land on anybody, you know. So he's always in the fight. He always has that knockout kick, spinning back kick, spinning wheel kick, um, those crosses and coming over with that question mark kick. He did very, very good for what it was. Gilbert did great. He got him down. Stifled the position, didn't do too much, didn't rush the submissions or anything. And then when he had openings against the cage, he landed those barrage of punches. And then on the ground, landed those barrage of punches when he had Wonderboy kind of frozen in a position with the arm up or trying to get up in transition. And and I always say, make your opponent pay for the tr- in, in between the transition. So if you take them down, they're trying to get up, and there's no way you can keep them back down. Like, like, like I said, Burns did the same thing, just landing those barrage of punches Give him some, we say, like, two for your mistake. So if you ever play Uno, uh, some people don't play this way. I played this way when I was on set for that movie uh, Grace Point down in um, North Carolina. We played Uno. They didn't play uh, pluck and play. They didn't play two for your mistake. And then when you said Uno, they said Uno when the car was all the way up here. I'm like, no, you got to put it, the car down and then say Uno, Uno out. You know what I mean? Or you say Uno, you say Uno out. You can't hold it. Say, say it up here, then how do I let you pick up two for me to you know, say no uno? You know, so we play like that. So same thing, this is just my analogy. It might be terrible, don't judge me. But you make a mistake or you make them pay for their efforts in trying to get up or their efforts for getting in that position to begin with. You know? So you give them nothing for free. So if, you're on a str- if the guy is trying to get out of the break, you strike out of the clinch. You strike out of the break. You strike into the clinch. When you break and the guys separate, you go right into attack mode. You don't just let them get away. This way, you're training yourself to not have any rest period where your defenses are down. And this way, you stay sharp and you can land probably a kill shot that can actually put the, your opponent out. And that's, that's why I, I teach my classes um, that way. And that's why I try to drill that way as well. Um, I don't think I'm reinventing the wheel here, but you see the guys at the highest level that do that, you know, they get out, and as soon as they get out, they're right on you. Boom, 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 following up. Not taking a break, oh, I'm so glad I'm out of there. It's like in wrestling, this is a better analogy. In wrestling, if we shoot and we stuff the takedown, we stuff the takedown and we chain wrestle and attack to look to score for our attack. So it's defense, offense, you know what I mean? So, or the same thing, you go offense, offense. Or if the guy on bottom, he gets up to his feet and he escapes. He gets to one point. He turns right away and then he attacks and he looks for his, his shot right away. He's not going to attack, get up to his feet, escape, and then go, oof, man, thanks, man. That you, you were really holding me down there. I should have, you, you know, so it's just kind of that mentality. I don't know if that's a wrestler thing or whatever, but that's, that's where it all comes from. But other than that, that was a good fight. I thought um, Burns fought phenomenal. Obviously, there was some discrepancy with the sh- some of the strikes to the back of the head that landed on the shoulder, some to the back of the head on the spine area. I don't, people are just being a little crazy about this. If it's a form, it's an elbow, it's a fist, it doesn't matter. If it hits the back of the spine, that mohawk area, it's illegal. There's a reason why we don't have legal strikes there because they jack you up. So it doesn't matter if the fight was almost over, the guy was dominating. It's about the fighter safety, if that's what we're talking about. That's the reason why those rules were written. That's the reason why we don't have eye gouging, why we don't have fish hooking. The rules are the rules. 
And I'm not saying Burns was doing it intentionally. He was just starting to throw some rabbit punches, and he had him in a position, like I said, to tee off, and that's what he did. The ref was standing right there and should have been able to recognize, like, hey, man, those strikes, a lot of those were hitting the, the, the wrong places. You can say that the fist wasn't hitting the neck or the spine. Okay. But the form and everything else, hey, just, just watch the strikes as a ref. Hey, just watch the strikes. Hey, watch your, watch your strikes back of the head. It, just to make sure you're, you're saying it so they have to now selectively think, okay, I can't hit him right here because his head is exposed and he's turning in, so I got to pick a, a better, safer place to hit him in a fist fight. That's, that's just the way the rules are written. If it was a street fight, okay, do whatever the hell you want to do. But this is not a street fight, man. This is a competition. That's it. That's all I'm saying about that. Um, the tie to Avasa fight versus Greg Hardy lasted um, all of like three minutes. It says, no, like I think one minute. Oh, wow. Only one minute. So, yeah, one minute and seven seconds. The first exchange for the most part, Greg Hardy hurts Tai Tuivasa. I'm like, oh, no, there goes my pick. And then Tai Tuivasa backs up and somehow lands. He throws, I think, like a 2-3, connects, puts Hardy down, follows up with the punches, and that's it. And then I just love when he got up and was like, you want to you wanna stand with me? You want to stand with me? You want to trade with me? I was like, oh, that's some fighting words. But he's right. You know, he's a hard dude. Hard, hard dude. So hard hitter. Pause. He's a very heavy hitter for the heavyweight division, obviously. And that's a huge win for him. And for him to do the shoey while he's up up there in the cage, hilarious. I, I think he's a fan favorite, like Dana White said, entertaining inside and outside of the cage. And that's what you need to become a superstar in the sport, especially in a division like the heavyweight. I think if Tai Tuivasa can keep this momentum going and eventually get to a title shot opportunity, this guy can really be a superstar just with his personality. His persona is almost one of those bigger-than-life kind of guys, and he just seems like such a cool dude. I've hung out with him once before, and uh, he's a fun guy to be around with. He just likes to have a good time, trains hard, and obviously puts guys away. Irene Aldana, I know Dana said he was going to send her some money. First round, she gets the finish, but she missed weight by almost four pounds, and I completely forgot about that until somebody mentioned that. He was like, yeah, remind me to send her some money, too. And then he said, oh, I didn't know that before, that she missed weight. So I was like, damn, that kind of sucks. But um, great performance, one of her best, I think, in a very long time. The boxing gets the job done, gets her out of there. And I thought Kuniskaya would be able to tie her up a little bit more, um, which is one thing she's very, very good at. And she has some good, flexible kicks and all that good stuff. And um, Irene, I think she's coming into her own. This might be, what when is this for her? Um... 13 and 6 now. Oh, she was coming off a loss to Holly Holm. So this is uh this is a that was a great opportunity for her. So now she's back in the win column in a big way over a tough opponent like Yana Kuniskaya. Um the next one is Sean O'Malley versus Chris Mutinho. Fun fight. There's really nothing you could take away from Chris's performance is UFC debut. High pressure, high profile fight, main card, UFC pay-per-view, and one of the huge biggest cards in UFC history um, in terms of like what the card means. Not like in terms of name value from top to bottom, but in terms of what the card means for the future of the lightweight division and everybody else. You got the megastar Conor McGregor trilogy rubber match against Dustin Poirier, all that stuff. So it's a, a lot of eyes. When you got the Kardashians, when you got the, the Biebers, when you got NFL players from the Bengals and the Raiders, and you got uh, Clint Eastwood's son and... And uh, all these other people, uh, Anuel, the, the singer, and people I had no idea. I'm just so oblivious. I don't know anybody. When you have all these guys in attendance watching the fights, 
it's a pretty big deal. You might not pay attention to that, but you know that this fight is going to be huge and that the, everyone in the world is pretty much going to watch when it's a Conor McGregor card, especially from that main card going on. And I think Chris did a great job in impressing in terms of his durability, his toughness, and his pressure. That's going to be a problem for a lot of guys, him keeping that pressure, especially guys who don't have the great footwork that O'Malley has and are, and are as long and accurate as Amali can be. You know, so uh, I'm very interested to see his comeback, but I do think he needs some time off to heal up. He's 9-5 now, but he's a tough 9-5, as we all seen. And uh, I really hope Dana sends this guy a nice bonus, you know, other than fighter tonight. I know you can give him the 75K, but I think he should get a little bit something else on top of that, man. The guy fought his ass off as, as hard as he could fight. Um, short nose fight. I know Amali was saying fighters didn't want the fight, but he was called out by multiple people. So... So I didn't quite understand that. I don't know if it was one of those situations where he just, the people that wanted the fight couldn't make 135 on 11 days notice. I know Chris Moutinho had a fight coming up for Cage Fury. They gave him the early call up. And uh, it was supposed to be a title fight, but he gets the opportunity and this is where it's at. But like I said, Amaya looked great. He did what he was supposed to do, style points. He started, just, just a phenomenal performance. Um, some people might say it's cocky, showboating, whatever it is, but at the end of the day, you can't deny talent, and O'Malley is a super talented guy, and I'm not afraid to say that with us being the same weight class, and maybe one day we actually uh, cross paths in the octagon before it's all said and done. Um, I'm not going to go through everything, but all these cards, Max Griffin versus Carlos Condit, fun fight, Michelle Pereira versus Nico Price, that was a fun fight. They should have gotten a bonus as well. Hopefully they, they get made right with that. Um, Taporia versus Ryan Hall, exactly what I thought. Um, it could one of the outcomes it could have been I don't want to say I was this is exactly what was going to happen but it was one of those things will he engage when Ryan Hall keeps pulling guard because we know that's what he's going to do now the one thing I would say about Hall pulling guard it started to look like he was going slower and slower and slower when he was doing it and eventually Taporia caught on to the speed and when he clapped him the one time he was just like yo I'm just going to follow up I think I got him um Ryan Hall tried to elevate. He had his left his arm up to try to pull him through. I think he was trying to um, cup the head and the shoulder, armpit, pull him through so he could elevate him to the, for the leg lock entry. And Taporia had his arm trapped and just landed some bombs and put him out. That was, that was nasty. So great finish for Taporia. I think he's going to be a huge star. Still 11-0. Now 11-0, I should say. Still undefeated is um, what I should have said. Uh, Georgian fighter. Living in Spain, doing all the great things, dresses well, talks the talks the part. Doesn't not like too talkative in that sense, but talks well, um, dresses well, fights well, undefeated. What else do you want from a, a young prospect and a guy like that? You know. So, uh, how old is he actually? He is 24. That's a young dude who's got the world ahead of him. Um, you have Plessis versus Trevin Giles. That was a great fight. Uh, Plessis knocked him out in the second round. After Giles lands a, a good combination coming forward, he had his hands down, and Plessis just almost like he like pushed off the cage, if I remember correctly, but just came back, I think, like bounced off the cage and just shot a right hand straight down the middle, Atlantic flush, put Giles out. I was like, damn, that was nasty. And this is what I was saying. This card was good. And like the, in terms of the fights, the matchups, there was a lot of back and forth. Um, good scraps. Jennifer Maya gets the job done over a tough Jessica I. I don't know where Jessica goes from here. Um, it's tough, man. That was, oh, man, one, two, three, four, five losses in a row. But she fought some of the best people. 
Oh, no, no, not in a row. Those are some grappling matches. So she lost to Cynthia, she lost to Calderwood, and she lost to Jennifer Meyer. So three losses in a row. Her last one was over Vivienne Arroge in 2019 in December. So that, that's a rough... That's a rough streak for her to go on, man. Um, but Maya gets the job done back in the win column after losing to uh, Shevchenko. Um, Tavares gets a split decision win over Akhmedov. And Zumagalov, who I wanted to put one of my, my uh, DraftKings bet on, he gets the ninja choke in the first round and puts away Jer Jerome Rivera. And I would think that this is the end of Jerome Rivera in terms of the UFC. And, I, you know, I always like to see guys get a second shot. Because, again, this is just one of those sports, man. It's like you get to the top and you could be there for all of five minutes, you know, and you got to make the most of it. So he had his opportunity. Sometimes you come short, sometimes you don't. Sometimes you win, sometimes you lose. That's just the name of the game that we play. Um, you know, I never want to say oh, I'm happy someone lost their job, but you know how the UFC operates, and you could just imagine that they're probably probably – looking at him right now and raising the eyebrow thinking like uh what, well what do we do with him you know so there's a lot of guys they can use and give other opportunities to in the ufc and that's what happens you come in if you can't get the job done on a on a consistent basis or a uh, semi-consistent basis you eventually will see yourself getting your walking slips and that's just the sad reality of it um other than that, guys, as always, if you like my shit, subscribe to my shit. I'm spinning breakfast, baby. I'll see you guys later. I got to get ready for PT. Um, I'm going to try to bang out another podcast for the fights this weekend. It's, uh, Islam Makachev obviously taking on Tiago Moises. That's going to be a big fight for that division. Um, I do think Makachev shouldn't be fighting guys that low down the ranking system. But when you can't get opponents to fight you, you got to do what you got to do and stay busy so you can make money. And good thing for him that the UFC actually are obliging and giving him an opportunity to just stay active even though it's not the highest ranked opponent because uh, he should be fighting guys within that top 10, top 5 at this point in his career from what he's done so far. So stay safe, stay blessed, and I'll see you guys later. Peace. That's the show. You ain't got to go home, but you got to get to stepping. And remember, we bring the noise because the people want the funk. Until next time, this is the Weekly Scraps. Bye-bye.